0: Welcome to The Jay Kim Show, Hong Kong's first dedicated podcast on investing in Asia. It's no secret that Asia is home to some of the most dynamic, innovative, and game-changing companies in the world. Join us as we survey the land to find the most profitable investment opportunities that will allow you to capitalize off this next wave of wealth creation. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced with the goal of providing actionable insights with every single episode. And now, onto the show. My guest today is Adam Dodd, CEO of Free Trade. Free Trade is an investment platform that allows customers to trade stocks and ETFs with no commissions or fees in the UK and Europe. Adam, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks Jay, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Uh, it's good to get you on and uh, connected. You know, I've been hearing some good things about your company, so I'm excited to uh, talk to you today and get an update and uh, hear about all the good things you're working on. So before we uh, get into the business side, maybe you could give our audience a little bit of background of yourself. Um, you know, what were some of your past ventures. Uh, you know, where are you from, and uh, what did you do before you decided to uh, build a startup?
1: Yeah, sure. Cool. I'm. Uh, I'm from Canada. We're we're
0: we're London-based
1: stockbroker Free Trade, but yeah. I, Um, moved over to London back like four years ago Um, and I came over with KPMG where I was kind of like auditing and then I was advising M&A advisor uh, to kind of banks and brokers in the industry Um, and when I moved over here uh, from North America I obviously needed to open up a, a new kind of investment account and I was just like really disappointed with the options available and with my kind of background, looking at the financial institutions on both sides of the Atlantic, there wasn't really any good reason why uh, people over here were paying such high commission levels with such crappy uh, kind of products as well. Uh, So that's when I kind of made the jump uh, to to start free trade. uh, What was it about three years ago?
0: Right, so, um, so yeah, I love the I love the startup founder stories where it's it's a personal pain point that they decide to just solve for themselves. But um, prior to that, you you basically didn't really I mean you hadn't done any startups before. It was just kind of uh, a thing that you were like, I'm just going to go and do this.
1: Yeah, man, I was a first time entrepreneur. Um, you know, I haven't had a super long career before that. So I uh, at a university, I just flew over to Asia, wandered around there for a while, uh, spent a year in Japan, kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, then there was that great recession. I decided I'd be, uh, kind of sensible and get a qualification. So I qualified as an accountant, chartered accountant. Uh, but as soon as I did that, you know, I I knew I wanted to move to London and get involved in uh, kind of like the, the startup scene, if you will. Um, and that's what I did.
0: Right. Um, yeah i mean, i'm I'm sure you're you're using some of your accounting skills now, but yeah, I mean, I think uh, working for a corporate is is definitely um it's it's definitely not as appealing uh, as as uh, as some would think it is. um, out of curiosity, adam, what were the some of the options that you did have available? and was it just um, you know, i mean, was, was it just local brokers? What did you? Was there like interaction brokers? Did you try looking at them, um, or were there any other options that you were looking at specifically?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the big one here in in uh, the UK is a, a broker called Hargraves Lansdowne. I still have an account with them, my, my pension. Um, but the problem is, all of the incumbents. It's kind of an oligopoly over here, where everyone's charging twelve pounds or ten to twelve pounds for as a commission. Um, so it's really expensive if you want to buy a stock uh, or an ETF uh, when you, you know, maybe only have a couple hundred pounds at the end of the month with your paycheck, right? Um, and there's literally no good app in the UK right now uh, other than ours where you can just download from the app store and even sign up for an account without being directed to their website and having to fill out paper forms and things like that. So the, the product experience is Extremely poor as well. Um, so you kind of marry those two up, uh, and there's a great opportunity, I think, for kind of like a, a new style of, um, investment product to come out. Kind of to answer your question, I mean, like uh, interactive brokers, uh, they are over here in the UK, but they're, um, they're they have like a ten thousand uh, dollar minimum account size. Mm-hmm. I think probably ninety five percent of our customers, our first 10,000 customers at free trade wouldn't be eligible to open an account with them. So we're, we're definitely going after a different market than those guys.
0: So, um, yeah, I mean, so I guess one of the closest competitors would, would be Robin hood, obviously. Um, and, uh, over in Asia, we have eight securities. Um, Mika was on our podcast earlier, uh, sort of towards the end of last year, um, all sort of, uh, you know, providing the same sort of solution. Um, I I just find it fascinating because uh, you know when I, I feel like London is one of the global financial centers of the world, and um, it's, it's quite interesting. And uh, you know, it, it's um, it's uh, it's one of those things where it's kind of like you think that someone had fi- had it figured out already. Um, you know, even just four or five years ago, but uh, apparently not. So um, I'm I'm glad that someone like yourself has decided to to uh, take up the challenge. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, sort of early days and and how you guys actually got started? You know, I mean, it must have been, I mean, I can't even imagine if I were to set out to uh, start a brand new company trying to tackle this type of uh, massive uh, market, um, especially one that is so highly regulated. You know, how did you go about doing it? What were the early days like? Uh, If you could give us a little bit of, uh, you know, some history there.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, we had a, I think for anyone outside of the UK, definitely a, a, a unique way of uh, funding our business from the get-go. So we we raised our first and actually all of our capital so far through crowdfunding. So back, what was it? I guess the summer of 2016, I uh, raised our very first amount was like £170,000. We did, went on this website called Crowdcube. Um, And just kind of put it out there. Hey, we want to build this commission free uh, stockbroker. Here's our pitch deck and here's some screenshots. Uh, And I think something like 400 people backed us, uh, you know, pitching in, you know, 1000 pounds, 500 pounds or something like that. and that kind of just gave us enough money to to build a prototype. We went through one of the accelerator programs here in London. It's, it's called Octopus. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, once we built a prototype, we actually, instead of doing what would be a more traditional kind of seed round uh, with maybe some uh, seed fund or some angel investors, we went back to the crowdfunding and we raised one million pounds in about a week. Uh, wow. And at that point we had – 4,500 people on a waiting list for the product, I think. Uh, So still pretty relatively well, uh, like unknown. So we were, I was like blown away at how fast that went. Um, So with a million pounds at that point, we were only three people. so we were like, okay, well we have a million pounds now. Um, and our original plan was to kind of launch a kind of a light service on top of other people's kind of, uh, infrastructure, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're like, well, you know, we have a million pounds now let's, let's go for it. And we actually, uh, we got our own authorization from the FCA as like a financial institution, uh, started building our own technology. Um, and then just what was it uh in june of this year we did another crowdfunding round uh this time we raised three million pounds in one day and that was just like from our existing community as well so it was in private mode so i think at that point we had 35,000 people in our community and they, they funded the business um and then off the back of that we've now launched the service um I think we have something like 90,000 in the community now, uh, 10,000 onboarded customers, and we're growing at about 10% a week, and that's like a controlled uh, growth rate right now while we've kind of scaled the team as well. Uh, so things are things are looking pretty good. And just today, actually, Jay, we, uh, we launched U.S. stocks on the platform. So everyone can kind of buy Tesla and everything uh, Previously it was just UK stock. so we're we're rolling out pretty strongly now. Um, shipping shipping features pretty rapidly. Androids coming uh, probably next month or definitely before the end of the quarter. Uh, so yeah, exciting times, man.
0: Wow, that's fantastic! And what a story. Uh, you know, I don't think I've I've heard of any sort of fintech type company that actually crowdsourced their funding. Um, out of curiosity, uh, what are the the crowd funders? Were they like, what was the like terms of the crowdfunding? I mean, it, w- it wasn't the traditional sort of uh, equity raise, was it?
1: Yeah, no, it was an equity raise. Um, here in the UK, there's a pretty established crowdfunding scene. Uh, Crowdcube, I think, was the first one, first uh, kind of company to do this. There's another one called Cedars. And I think that they're actually the, the largest funders of kind of seed stage private companies now in the UK. Uh, So there is like a serious equity culture around that. And they have, uh, I think they have something like a million users, Crowdcube does. Uh, And it's just, it's kind of a a thing in the UK now where people, you know, they're not going to put all their portfolio, but to diversify and get some access to startups and private investments. uh, A lot of people do dip their toe into kind of crowdfunding. Um, The biggest crowdfund ever uh, was at least in the UK was uh, a couple months ago. Monzo did uh, twenty million on CrowdCube uh, wow. in how many hours? Like it was just a couple of hours. It was amazing. Um, so yeah, it's it's a thing. It's a thing over here in the UK. And the people that invest, you know, hundred pounds, a thousand pounds, whatever, they get real shares of Free Trade and they're shareholders. Um, and yeah.
0: That's incredible. And uh, from sort of an administrative perspective, you know, I know that in the U.S., when we try to raise uh, funds, you know, there's certain limits on um, on entities and, and this sort of thing. Like, a, I think there's like a hundred investor minimum. Did you guys run with any sort of minimum investment from your? uh crowd funders um uh, and how does all the sort of legals and 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 reporting and all that stuff work i mean i imagine if you're getting 50 100 500 pound checks then it might become quite of a, a a headache uh to have all these lps right
1: yeah i mean uh if we were doing it all ourselves it would it would definitely be an administrative headache but i mean that's where the platforms come in right uh so crowdcube has a certain model that's that's like their business mm-hmm. um cedars has a slightly different model but uh they take care of you know that administration you know t- collecting payments uh, issuing share certificates all that kind of stuff uh but in terms of like minimum investment size it's 10 pounds so wow. we yeah. have lots of people that have just put in like 100 pounds or or 500 pounds i think our average investment size was around 500 pounds in the round and we had over three thousand people participate Um, And I think actually it's almost the opposite where if you look at some of the bigger um, crowdfunds in the UK, they, they cap the amount that you can invest so that it can reach the, the largest market kind of possible or the broadest mm-hmm. uh, participation because the, the whole point is that we have this community, right? Um, you go on our, on our website and there's a community board. Everyone's discussing different stocks and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it, it engaged that engages them with free trade because they do have a share of this company and they want to see it succeed. And that's how we have 90,000 people uh, just kind of a viral acquisition loop where people are referring other friends, um, just because they believe in the company and because they want to bump themselves up the waitlist too, of course.
0: That's incredible. Um, yeah. So congratulations on, on those funding rounds that it, it seems like quite a success. Um, Again, just for my personal, because I'm not very familiar with sort of the crowdfunding side of things, and um, I'm surprised that uh, this model hasn't been more proliferated sort of in the U.S. Um, and else other parts of the world. I mean, it may, it may, it may be out there. I just I'm not um, <laughs> I haven't I haven't really heard of it or have researched it. But have you have you found or seen um, any issues with um, then going on to raise venture uh, funding? Um, do VCs and that sort of thing, do they have any problems or stipulations or, or reservations, if you will, for funding or backing a, uh, a startup that had previously used crowdfunding to, to raise their um, initial seed funding? You know, I mean, you, you know how sort of VCs are. Sometimes they get a little bit nitpicky about having a big cap table with a bunch of different investors on it and they want to clean and this sort of thing. I mean, what, what's your experience there?
1: yeah i mean that—that that, that is a thing man um i mean some some vcs especially american ones uh take a bit of a dim view on the on the crowdfunding space i think over here london-based vcs definitely understand crowdfunding a bit better and they've seen really successful now like unicorn companies like monzo and Revolut that have done crowdfunding of Gone on to have billion pound valuations. Um, and the VC, the, so the, the platforms I, I mentioned to you, so um, CrowdCube, CrowdCube just raised a, a VC round led by Draper Esprit uh, and also opened a portion of that up to the crowd. And so we're seeing now as Businesses mature, they're doing kind of hybrid rounds. So that's what Monzo did. That's what uh, Revolut did. And that's probably what we're going to be doing in our next round because there is a bit of a limit to how much you can crowdfund without issuing a prospectus. Uh, And it kind of loops back to your kind of original question, like why why aren't you seeing crowdfunding outside of uh, kind of the UK Mm -hmm. and and Europe? A lot of it has to do with regulation. So I know when we – I think the regulations have changed in the U.S. very recently, but when we did our first round, I know we had to exclude Americans, Canadians and Japanese residents because they had explicit uh, kind of regulations around offering uh, securities to the public uh, or non- non-accredited non right. investors. Um right. I think the regulations change in the States now, but I'm not really up on it, to be honest. Um, But that has been the main barrier uh, to kind of spreading this crowdfunding equity culture outside of outside of Europe
0: kind of. I think it's uh, exciting. It's an exciting time, you know, and I hear I've, I've, you know, I think just last, uh, was it end of December, I had, uh, I hosted a fireside chat with um, Alan Chang, who's the COO of Revolut. And so I'm hearing a lot of good things coming out of the UK, and uh, especially in the fintech uh, scene. And it's, it's, it's an exciting time. So I'm I'm uh, I'm happy to be speaking with you today and I'm 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 glad that there you guys are picking up some traction. So let's uh, dive into the, a little bit and talk about Free Trades uh, business model if you will. Um you mentioned that um you know one of the pain points that you were aiming to solve was this this high commission uh, sort of thing from the local brokers and and um, and the minimum balances that uh, the likes of interactive brokers have. Um, so your basic business model, maybe you could just walk us through it. Um, you know, what are the sort of markets that you trade? What's the user uh, experience like getting customers on board? If I'm a customer, I wanted to, I want to open an account. Um, you know, how difficult or easy do you make that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll start with that then. Uh, as I kind of said earlier, we're the only stockbroker where you can go into the app store, download the app, and then get going within you know a few minutes. Um, you you download the app and you just have to enter your kind of your name, your birthday, uh, your address, and we can do uh, an eKYC, know your client check electronically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the experience for most people, like ninety percent plus people. Uh, that have enough address history here in the UK uh, and and you're, you're through um, the compliance checks and then you just need to you know top up your account uh, with a, uh, a quick uh, instant uh, transfer and you're, you're good to go um, you have access to UK and US stocks right now uh, we're going to be expanding that universe over time Um and uh, it's, it's just a, literally a couple taps and you, you can buy uh, shares of, of stocks. It's not complicated at all. Um, then uh, kind of going back to your question on, uh, you know, revenue or business model, um, we do charge for um, instant trades. So uh, you're, you're kind of like... We've got a freemium model where you download the app, you open an account, and you start uh, placing some investment trades. Uh, that's all free. But if you want certain types of accounts, so in the UK, they're called stock and shares. ISAs, is they're uh, kind of tax-wrapped accounts so you don't have to pay capital gains and all, all that stuff. Or uh, you could also open a SIP, which is a self invested pension plan mm-hmm. uh kind of like i guess uh like a 401k or something right. in the states yes um, so those kind of things we we look at the okay well we're going to charge you three pounds a month for that a nice uh flat relatively uh modest monthly fee um and then on the back end we we still make money like every other stockbroker uh through you know, what i would call like treasury uh so you, you earn interest off of client cash balances right. Um, you have order flow, um, you also have some margin on FX if you're buying foreign securities, a variety of things. Um, you know, brokers make money just like a bank kind of, uh, on on, on that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Right. Sure. Um, and, and this service is exclusively for UK residents. Is that right?
1: Uh, that's just right now. Um, we have a license, uh, to go across Europe actually, uh, already so we will be rolling that out uh, timelines haven't been announced yet but about I'd say about a third of our kind of our community or the people that have been on the wait list that have signed up are actually from the continent uh, there's a lot of demand from uh, over there you know Germany France um, probably the two biggest uh, markets there so free trade will be going across Europe in 2019 for sure
0: that's exciting and it's um yeah yeah, I mean with with this sort of thing you're you're basically recreating the entire universe, the entire world <laughs> um, with with uh, with markets um, and and there's plenty of verticals that you could go down and explore. I guess it's just a matter of prioritizing it based on demand and how you think that um, you can roll these things out in accordance with sort of the growth of your company and the funding and and that sort of thing um, just uh quickly on sort of the regulatory side of things. Uh, you mentioned that you guys have some sort of licensing there in the UK. What, what was your experience like trying to start, uh, or launch a, an online brokerage? Um, is there any sort of regulatory choke points that, uh, you were particularly, um, tied up with or, or any in the future that you foresee that could potentially, uh, you know, cause some, some, uh, some, uh, delays in, in rolling out your business?
1: Um, in terms of in the UK, like delays or anything like that, no, not at all. I mean, um, it's not an easy process to become a regulated, you know, investment firm, but from the FCA, but it's also not like some sort of impossible process. You just need to make sure that you have the appropriate, you know, staff first. Uh, you have to have the right expertise that the FCA is going to approve these people. Like literally they call it approved persons. Um, <laughs> and you gotta have the, you know, systems and controls, robust financial controls, all this stuff. You gotta put it in a plan. You gotta get it approved. You have to, we're subject to, um, you know, MIFID II regulations, all sorts right. of, um, all sorts of regulations, uh, around capital requirements and this kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of complexity around there, but I mean that's part of the reason why, you know, not everyone can do this, and why the space was still available. I think, um, kind of going back to your earlier kind of questions, like why was no one doing this? It's it's not as simple as uh, maybe doing some other kind of consumer apps where you don't have this regulation piece, because we we are, you know, we are a financial institution. We're we're going to have very soon the same permissions uh, as. You know, Goldman Sachs in terms of trading, you know, uh, it's it's definitely not like a, an easy or simple thing, uh, but it's also not insurmountable if you have the right people.
0: Right. Okay. And on, on that note, you mentioned that uh, you know when you first started and launched, you had three people, three employees there working, were bootstrapping, and and then you crowdsourced. Um, what does your team look like now, and uh, and how do you foresee it to to grow uh, now that you're growing your business?
1: Yeah, well, we've got uh, about thirty people in the in the office now. I think we just hired three people yesterday, uh, so you know we're we're hiring as many excellent engineers as we can find right now. Um, we're probably going to be about double that uh, headcount within the next you know three or four months. Uh, so we're we aggressively rolling out. We we don't want to like become a, a bloated uh, institution like these banks, but. Um, we have a, we have a lot that we want to accomplish, and as we roll out to Europe as well, we're we're very mindful of localization, and it's not like the states where you can just you start in California, you can blitz across uh, the U.S. without you know changing the product. Uh, we are going to make sure that uh, our our product and our kind of customer service and everything is localized to every market that we roll out across uh, Europe, and that that's going to take uh, some more bodies than than it would otherwise.
0: Right. Um, so, so yeah, let's, so let's talk about, let's talk about say uh, 12 to eighteen twelve to 24 months um, in terms of priority. I mean, there's a laundry list of, of things that you could obviously build out when you're trying to build, um, a, a, you know, an online brokerage like you are um, plus whatever else you decide you want to expand your empire to. What, what are the first sort of few handful of things that you plan on tackling um, in the next sort of 24 months um, with some of this funding and potentially um, uh, in the future, if you do an institutional round.
1: Yeah, I mean, in terms of what are the big ticket items? Um, well, Android obviously is, is right up there, but that's coming up pretty soon. Um, we're also going to be moving to a, a platform that we've developed internally, um, like kind of a technology platform. Uh, within the next, you know, say six months, that's going to enable us to do some cooler stuff, uh, such as fractional shares. Uh, so that's going to be great from a, a kind of a user experience where people are going to be able to go and invest 200 pounds in Amazon instead of having to buy one full share. Um that's, that's coming online pretty soon. Uh, the platform itself that we've been developing is probably the single most exciting thing for us because we've had to plug into some, I guess, uh, you might call it legacy infrastructure uh, over here in the UK uh, to get going quicker, but we're going to be able to start expanding execution venues to all sorts of different places. Uh, our, our universe is going to expand uh, like multiples uh, larger than it is right now. Um, and we'll be able to provide a better kind of experience for our customers through the product as well. Because um, the the piping over here is just a little bit different than the States, let's say, and no one has has built a new platform, uh, technology platform, probably in like a couple of decades in the UK. Uh, a lot of the incumbents are on stuff that was built in the 70s and 80s. Uh, so we we've got this... Brand new, you know, cloud native, serverless architecture platform that we're going to be rolling out. So that's that's pretty exciting, and the, and the potential features that we can then have kind of control over. Because uh, right now. It's uh, kind of like a, a Napster experience when you're looking for uh, for stocks, where you, you you have just like a list of them, and you need to know what stocks you're gonna you want to buy by searching for it. Uh, but where the product's going is, we're gonna really help people discover investment opportunities um, and understand their portfolio, uh, understand you know really basic concepts that are you know like diversification or um the risk you're taking for the expected return uh these kind of concepts and explain them really and present them in a simple way that because they don't need to be complex but they for some reason they are always presented in complex terms uh, by the incumbents Uh, i'm sure you see this uh all the time right
0: absolutely um and and you know what it sounds like um that your audience and your user base will actually appreciate this because, um, you know, if, 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 if you're targeting a different demographic of maybe less professional traders or or more sort of just, um, you know, um, average investors, then I can definitely see the value in that. Um, Adam, is there any uh, plans to change sort of the, um, the sort of the, the core business model. Um, You mentioned that uh, to, so right now you have to pay to get real time trades, but then um, it's free to, I guess, do you do batch the trades and then just execute them uh, over the course of a couple times a day or how does that work?
1: Yeah. I mean, we're just doing that at the end of the day right now. Uh, We might increase the frequency a bit as trade volumes grow. So we don't have a, a giant block um but where where does where do we want the kind of the model to go is we've got this uh tier that we're going to be releasing pretty soon like kind of our, our premium tier called alpha free trade alpha and that's where we want everyone to be uh obviously not everyone's going to be but um a large portion of our our clients where they're paying, you know, um, a, a relatively low monthly subscription charge and you're just getting everything for free. So you're getting right. all your execution uh, instant, whatever you're getting any, any account type that you want. You're getting all of our additional features that we start rolling out. Um, and then I, I, I just really like that kind of a revenue model because it aligns our interests kind of with our clients right now, because uh, you look at, pretty much every incumbent and you know robin hood included these guys are highly incentivized to increase the the trade volumes right uh, to get people to trade as much as possible uh, with as high a value as possible because they're making money off of order flow they're making money off of uh, commissions on trading activity. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Jay, I'm sure you know that it's like, that's the absolute worst thing you can do for, for your clients is make them trade too much, right. um, overturn your portfolio. So if we, if we have uh, most of our customers, you know, just paying us high quality uh, revenue, recurring uh, months of subscription, uh, we can just concentrate on, on building the best product for them and not uh, be incentivized in ways that uh, wouldn't align ourselves with them.
0: I like that approach a lot. I mean, it's it's uh, going back to the core of of what an entrepreneur should actually be doing is is building a, a business that's uh, that's focused on the customer and the user experience, um, as opposed. To, and it's it's difficult, obviously, in this in this particular vertical, especially with the fee structures coming down and and this sort of thing happening across the world. But. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, 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 it makes me feel good to hear, um, that, that you're trying to stick to that, uh, that core principle you have, um, on that note, um, with regards, you mentioned, um, Robinhood. you know, I know that crypto is a, a pretty hot area that people are, are interested in. Um, and Robinhood, obviously, I think they recently mentioned that they're going to roll that out or they've already rolled that out. I know that it securities is going to be launching a crypto, a trading, um, uh, Product or service as well. Is there any interest or any plans on your end to be looking at that space? Yeah, I mean, so
1: crypto, if we're talking a year ago, that would have been the number one requested thing on the platform. <laughs> um, now we don't get any requests almost for it. Um, But our approach to crypto is going to be the same approach that we have for every asset class because we we look at crypto as just like a new emerging asset class. Uh, And that's you can get your exposure through ETFs, exchange traded products. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think there's any in the States yet, but there's a couple uh, crypto ETFs listed in Sweden and Stockholm. Um, I think uh, there's some looking to go on the Swiss exchange as well. Uh, So our, our customers will be able to get exposure to, you know, Bitcoin or a bucket of uh, or a basket of crypto uh, currencies uh, through ETFs, just like they can get exposure to precious metals. So you can buy gold through uh, gold shares, right, or silver, or um, get some property exposure uh, through an ETF. Uh, that's the way we look at it. Just kind of exchange traded products uh, can get you exposure to any asset class.
0: Right um last sort of question on uh forward-looking sort of goals and plans for free trade do you guys have anything in the pipeline um whether it be a product feature rollout uh anything of that sort that you would like to share with the audience or or a funding round uh that is coming up that you'd like to to talk about
1: um n- not really <laughs> we 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 are uh, we don't have any funding news uh, to announce uh, at the moment, but I think you're, you will see us uh, raising additional funds within you know, the next, let's call it the next three months or four months. Uh, we will be doing as part of that, uh, another crowdfunding round because we want to make sure that our community, especially the guys that are, and the ladies that haven't had a chance or that didn't know about us in the last crowdfunding round uh, to get a piece of free trade. Um, and we're going to hopefully do that. Through the app as well, so that you can actually see your free trade investment uh, sitting along with your other um your your publicly listed uh securities so that that should be a lot of fun that that is coming in, in twenty nineteen
0: excellent uh good to hear um so adam it's been it's been great hearing about your story and um and obviously congratulations on your success and and um as as someone that has been in sort of the finance industry. It's refreshing. It's a breath of fresh air to to hear uh, new, new, uh, you know, people coming into the to the business trend, disrupted, and provide uh, you know great solutions to, to to very valid, um, real pain points that people have uh, in the business and just people investors in general. So um, I'm I'm excited for you guys. Um, Last couple questions as we look to wrap up. Um, The first is uh, sort of a broad. question um and you can answer this any way you want to but as far as sort of trends that you foresee in the fintech space or maybe particularly in the brokerage space online brokerage if you will um any anything that stands out to you um that you are trying to align with um you know maybe in the next five to ten years do you see the industry consolidating as as most people think that it is going to um, how do you see uh, the world looking in um, say call it five to ten years from now
1: yeah I mean if, if we're looking at Europe and we're looking at the UK which is kind of our space I, I don't see a lot of these um, kind of 1.0 online stockbrokers surviving um, they're built they were built you know de- a decade ago or so they just have kind of web interfaces and there's no way that they can compete with us on on kind of price because that's where the price is going. The price is going to zero. Um, and some people like ourselves do have the technology to provide that. Um, others simply don't because they're getting intermediated and I think they're going to drop off. Um, other areas where I think we're going to see fee compression too are, you know, in the fund space uh, over in the States, we're already seeing really, really low fees, right? For like SPY embedded, you um, expenses and, and whatnot but the equivalent over here in the in uh, like literally the equivalent of the same fund house is two three four times more expensive so i think we're going to see a lot of fee compression maybe even go the way of uh, that fidelity fund where it's like zero fees in etfs mm-hmm. uh, so people are going to be able to invest passively without paying any cost they can do that already with free trade other than the etf fees but i think those are even come down so We're going to live in a world where you're not going to be able to charge kind of commissions to your your customers and and you're going to need to, I guess, provide value to them in other ways to convince them to to use your product. So it'll be much more product focused rather than um, just a a utility um, and them paying or charging kind of like a tax on that.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I agree with you there, Adam. I mean, obviously, in addition to the general broader industry consolidation, um, you know, this sort of fees race to zero is very real. And, um, you know, if existing businesses don't innovate or pivot or or evolve, then they're just going to be left by the wayside for sure. Um, so the second to last question, uh, as, as an entrepreneur who's uh, sort of come out from a big corporate and, you know, uh, have seen... Quite, quite a, quite a, 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 very successful sort of first run um, and, and building your company and gaining traction. Um, what advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs that perhaps um, are stuck at KPMG, sitting there wondering uh, if they want if they should jump ship and and try their hands at building a startup?
1: Well, I guess uh, the first thing would be you, d- you really need to take a, a think about whether you're in it for. For for years, right? Like it's not. I think a lot of people um, they they look at the entrepreneurial you know experience and they have like some kind of uh, rose colored uh, glasses they're looking through. It's a grind um it's not easy and you just need to be willing to like sacrifice your life and every other aspect of it uh for for many years and that's the one piece of advice that i would say to anyone that's kind of getting started and you, you hit some roadblocks and it's just it's it's a battle you just got to grind it out and you just can't give up um there's so many times in the last few years that like we could have just packed it in uh so many different <laughs> times that like the company could have failed um and if, we didn't grind, just kind of grind it out and just not give up. Um, we wouldn't be here anymore. Uh, so that, that would be my, that would be my piece of advice. Uh, and I think if you see a lot of uh, first time entrepreneurs that, that maybe don't uh, last, it's because of that, because they, they, they bit off too much. Uh, and they, they just weren't ready to make the
0: sacrifices. Right. Absolutely. Um, Good advice. Thank you for, uh, for sharing that with the audience. And I think that it's a, it's a common theme from, from many entrepreneurs, whether they've, had multiple exits and, and successes or are just in the thick of it, like yourself is uh, essentially, you know, I mean, you, you really can't be doing it for the money because it's, <laughs> it's not enough of a motivation to drive you. And so it actually is a very, very hard <laughs> decision because um, you know, the money working for someone else at a corporate is, is good. It's stable and it's, uh, you know, you know, you don't lose any sleep necessarily um, um, earning that paycheck, but uh you know, uh, it's a completely different <clears throat> ball game if you go out and and, uh, and build a company. Um, Adam, thanks again for your time and for sharing your story. Uh, what's the best place that people can find you, follow you, learn a little bit more about free trade, and maybe um, get involved in the next crowdfunding uh, campaign that you guys run?
1: Well, the best place is our community. Um, just go uh, to our website and click the community. Uh, button on the top right and there are thousands of our existing investors and thousands of our future investors hopefully uh, just talking about uh, the markets talking about other fintechs uh, talking about the space here in london Uh, so that'd be the first port of call obviously we're on social media of course too uh, at free trade on twitter awesome
0: awesome uh, well, thanks again. And, um, look, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we had the chance to talk and I'm excited. Uh, you know, we're, we're rooting for you and, um, and hope to, hopefully we hear some, some, uh, continue to hear some good news coming out of uh, the UK, uh, regarding your company. So, uh, best of luck to you.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Talking to you, Jay. Thanks, man. Uh, and we'll let you know about the next crowdfunding round. You can get a piece.
0: Awesome. Thanks a lot. Take care. Cool. All right. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All of the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next exciting episode of The J Kim Show. As always, I'd love to hear your questions, comments, or future guest suggestions. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer That's J A Y K I M M E R. See you in the next episode.